0: And welcome to the weekend. This is the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 130. Holy crap. We're recording on Saturday, April 9th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Country Boy Chris. Today I'm joined by Angie Stellar Smalls. Angie, how are you doing on this fine Saturday afternoon?
1: Doing pretty well. I didn't know we were doing accents today. Um,
0: I just kind of got stuck.
1: <laughs> it's like you were playing Red Dead or something, and you just decided to pick up the country tune. Country tune here.
0: Well, I have been listening to Maureen Morris's new album, *Humble Quest*, a lot, which is a pop-country record, and that's usually my genre of choice. But I really like it, so maybe I'm feeling the Yeehaw vibes too much or mm-hmm. something.
1: I like it. Keep keep it going. <laughs>
0: And I'm also joined by James Halliday, the Lord of BLP Entertainment. James, what's up?
2: I haven't been listening to that album, but what I have been listening to is H. John Benjamin's jazz album. What? Uh, H- so H. John Benjamin is the uh, the voice actor for Bob's from Bob's Burgers, as well and as Coach. Bob Sherver, and yeah, he's 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 a well well known voice actor because his voice is iconic, and he does a jazz album. Where he has hired a jazz band to essentially play while he accompanies them on piano. Oh, cool. And and he doesn't know how to play piano. (laughs) It's a whole album of him playing piano very badly while jazz music is playing. And it's so good. Very (laughs) avant-garde. Yeah, and it's got, like, a little, like, starting bit with, like, him trying to sell his soul to the devil. And the devil's uh, Aziz Ansari from, like, Parks and Rec. And mm-hmm. it's so funny. Oh, I
1: like him, too.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really good. And it's got, uh, I can't remember her name for the life of me. But she's the girl who plays um, uh, his daughter, uh, Louise, on oh, uh, cool. Bob's Burger. She's yeah. also in that little sketch. And she's she does a great job as well. But yeah, no, it's 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 a hilarious album because it's jazz music and then just bad. Like it's so obviously bad piano playing. So yeah, Amazing. unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't listening to good music. I was it sounds listening like something to... he would do. Yeah, it's so
0: good. Well, and uh, I would hate to leave you out, Angie. Angie, are you listening to any music recently?
1: I do listen to music, but um, <laughs> it's not it at all in the genre that you guys have been listening to like recently it's been um tech nine and chris calico
0: oh look at that yeah tech nine's fun awesome well let's get into the lowdown this is not a music podcast although maybe a spinoff one day uh if you want to be a part of the conversation you have a pressing question you want us to answer you can reach us on twitter at podcast. If you don't use Twitter, you can send an email to us the good old-fashioned way, podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. MostlyNormalGamers.com is our website. You can find uh, all of our old episodes there in a convenient list as well. Uh, Finally, go to Spotify and I believe also our Twitter and do our weekly poll. It's fun and we're going to maybe start incorporating our answers to the poll into the show and Depending on how the audience feels, possibly shout out some of the answers we're getting from our audience. Finally, you can text or leave a voicemail to our Google voice number at 507-291-2991, and we'll feature you on the show. With all of that, let's jump into what we've been playing. I see one game that... Angie, I haven't been on a show with you in a long time, and I would just love to hear... What you've been playing and what's keeping you busy on sticks lately?
1: Um, well, I was talking about this the last time I was on the podcast. I think it was two times ago from now, but um, GTA Five. I, it's like my third or fourth time playing the game. Um, I've been playing that as of recently. Um, it's it's just fun because I can like run over bikers that are on the road because they can't do that in real life and <laughs> like crash into things that <laughs> they take jumps um so yeah it's it's just been fun to just roam around and play that game it's
0: yeah
1: and it's when i was talking about it last time james had never played the game or at least mm. for gta 5 so it was like i can't really explain too much because he doesn't know
0: yeah. Have you um you're playing like the GTA 5 like single player mode, not uh, GTA online?
1: Yes, cuz online unless you have a group, it's shit.
0: Okay. Um I know uh online is like incredibly popular for them and so when I saw yeah. GTA 5, I almost like filled in the blank with autofill of like, "Oh, online." Um mm-hmm. I played just a little bit when it first came out on two console generations ago at the end of like the 360 lifespan i think yeah um because my my roommate bought it and um i do remember like really enjoying just like the ambiance it sets while you're driving around listening to the radio that was yeah. like one of my favorite things i know like flying lotus had a a radio station and i think frank ocean has a radio station in gta online like i always thought you know we started out talking a little about a little music at the start of the show and i always thought like GTA games have done such a great job with their soundtracks, and that's always, like, the thing that stands out to me as my favorite part of them, and thought GTA Five like, was uh, the creme, de creme of that, kind of.
1: Well, they did update, so there's new music, or added music to that as well um, as of late, so I, I've been enjoying that part of it. Oh. They just updated that, too, yeah. Like, there's still, like, some good classics in there, but they put some new stuff in there as well. So it's legit. Goodness
2: it's legit music on the radio mm-hmm. stations now
1: yeah because always remember, has been
2: has it because yeah. I, i'm pretty sure gta3 there's a lot of made up stuff i but. mean there's
1: made up like radio stations as like the uh, top radio part of it is made okay. up. i'm pretty sure the music's but all
2: real the, oh. the music's legit yeah uh, what i i don't know i guess i just never realized that Maybe it was just never the music I would ever listen to or ever heard of. And, and so it all just sounded like generic
0: stuff. I'm investigating. Okay. Um, but in, so, well, so they have, um, double clef FM where they have, uh, Mozart. That's a real person. More Mozart.
2: Are we sure? Um,
0: Have you ever met Mozart? (laughs) See him live? I don't, I don't know. Go back it's hard on. for me to tell oh yeah they got Royce to five nine in here
2: I, 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 um,
0: I shout out to Royce to five59 which is an artist whose name I think of every single time I talk to the person named Royce at work um yep. um so the, the, you know the, it, there's like I'm seeing some artists who are like artists I recognize it got more um more so in Grand Theft Auto Vice City when they pulled all of those classic 80 tra- 80s tracks for it. Or like in San Andreas where they had all the classic 90s gangster rap and stuff. And other like hair metal and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I can't speak to like the entire thing in GTA 3 being uh, licensed music, but a lot of it looks like it is. Hmm.
2: Well, mm-hmm. you learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. have never finished the story of a single Grand Theft Auto game.
2: Neither have I.
1: You guys disappoint me.
0: GTA Vice City is my favorite one by far. Same. Most vibes set, most like Which hit one? at the right time of my age where I was like a teenage boy who just wanted to like sow chaos in an open world game. Vice City.
2: Yeah, no, that was, oh, yeah. I think, I think that was my preferred one too i played the most of three but vice city i guess i think i liked vice city more just because it was one it was like so like bright and mm-hmm. it was like i always i guess compared it to three because they're pretty much the exact same game just in different areas Patterns. um and uh it was like a, yeah i just think it was the better version of of gta3 yeah.
1: But besides GTA, I've also been playing tunic because everybody couldn't stop fucking talking about it. I was like, Well, I guess I'm playing tunic.
2: Yeah.
1: And it is deceiving, as everybody says. It's it's cute and cuddly to be like, Oh I'm a cute little fox and oh look at he jumped and there's a little cloud of little puff smoke behind him, like you know, like whoosh yeah. whoosh. But um I hate spiders
2: yeah the spiders are are there's luckily there's not a ton of no them there's
1: the not i just every single time every single time i run into a spider like recently in terraria when i was playing that that like the wall creepers like uh it every single time just drives me insane but um I was playing it yesterday, no, the day before yesterday, and uh, the alligators, I guess you could call them, they're like half alligators, so they don't really have a full body, they're just like, they're like a head and a tail, like smushed together, like cut the body out of the situation, and they have like two legs, but they have like a chomping mouth that I use all my stamina, I'm like trying to get away, and they like bite me with their big old mouth.
2: Yeah, the chomping as they're referred to in the manual <laughs> whatever yeah but no they're, they're nasty and for the longest time <laughs> i think i mentioned this before i was playing that area and they were wrecking me left right and center yeah. and <laughs> i couldn't figure it out they kill me in two hits i could do like i could kill them in eight attacks but hitting them is hard because they're just fast and aggressive Mm-hmm. And then I found out that I haven't even upgraded any of my stats once. Neither and have
1: I, I. That's why I'm having issues. And I was looking that, at like the items and I was like, oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I have yeah. a lot of that. I didn't do that either. Yeah. So that's my next step.
2: <laughs> yeah. Upgrade your stats because it becomes so it's it becomes laughably easier once you realize how to do that.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm going to do a lot of face palming
2: oh that the game is just one after another going like i could have been doing this from the beginning are you kidding me i can't wait i'm gonna play through it again and uh i just can't wait to like apply everything i know now yeah to playing it uh the first time and i just want to see see essentially how it changes the game
1: i have a question though with the chris i have two questions chris have you played this yet have you started it
0: I played a little bit of the demo that was out during, like, the Xbox Game Fest, or I think it was, like, Summer of Games or something last year. Uh Um, Had a hard time with, I think the game's, like, combat is difficult, but I was really, like, feeling the aesthetics and the very, like, very clear homages to Zelda. um, And then have been kind of keeping my distance until... Here's the thing. Elden Ring, is, Elden Ring is like the biggest video game I've ever played.
1: I've heard it's huge. Like you could do and, a lot of things and it's very little compared to what other things you have to do.
0: And like, I, um, give me 10 seconds to quick interrupt because then my, what I've been playing is out of the way. Yeah. All I've played still is Elden Ring. I'm at 98 hours. I'm level 109. I did my first respec to use an ool sword that I got for completing most of a quest line um the game's good i'm bad at it i'm worried (laughs) i will be worse at bloodborne going back to bloodborne because of all the magic i've used and it's like made my magic skills atrophy Mm -hmm. and i'm worried or it's made my like combat skills atrophy because i rely on magic too much i'm worried that this game is so big that i will never escape its clutches because i like it so much and that all of the other games that are exciting and enticing me, like Tunic, um, are just not going to get gotten to. Yeah, um, fall to
1: so, the wayside.
0: Yeah, so so that's where things are at. It's like Elden Ring has put a pause on the rest of my life, basically.
1: Well, bring okay. So then, I'm I'm glad you tried at least the demo, so then you know what we're talking about a little bit. But
2: mm-hmm. James, yes.
1: How I've been trying to figure this out and I can't, and I think I know how, but I wanted to check and make sure that I'm correct here. So your health bar, yeah, right? In the bottom left of the screen. It can't, you can grow that or right.
2: Yes. yes. Okay. You can grow. So that.
1: you use that with the, the items that you pick up and money, right? At the, like, you... What? Offering? At the offering? At
2: the offerings? Yes, that's correct. And you... Uh, it, it starts off pretty, like, peanuts. Like, it's pretty easy. Like, it's, like, 100 or 200 and then 300. But yeah. then uh, some of them go, like, get pretty high later in the game. But essentially you want to power up your health, your defense which, and your attack before you fight the first real boss, which is- <laughs> which is the guardian of the west garden
1: (laughs) okay okay yeah because i tried okay so i just i was when i was playing it and i was trying to figure this stuff out i was like i'm pretty sure because i was looking at the manual that i like collected in the game and i was like okay i'm pretty sure this is what makes sense because i see there's coinage here and i have this item and i'm like okay the only area i'm able to utilize this is that is that's coming up here is when i'm standing next to this like offering statue with yeah. fox statue and i'm like okay well i'm assuming i do that here but what does it do and i was like well let's find out Boop, and i did it and nothing happened and i don't know if that's because i it's very little or like in the beginning of it oh when you you know because yeah. you're only doing 100 coins in the beginning yeah. but um but i'm like i'm just gonna do them all and see what happens cuz i have a lot of coinage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuz i do a lot of exploring around and and following the walls around and finding random chests and whatnot.
2: Yeah, it's oh it's so it's such a fun little game like that. But yeah, no, essentially if you if you're doing it, it should be it should be good. And maybe it's like if you upgraded everything, like if you d- did your stamina as well, it might not be different, look different cuz like your your health if you just did your health should look significantly larger than the rest of them, no, the uh, your, your stamina one.
1: Okay. But, it didn't change yet, so I'm no. just like, why? But maybe, I don't know, maybe it just didn't save or something. I don't know. I'm going to go back in because I tried to beat the West Garden boss. I got him almost killed without updating anything.
2: Oh, nice. And yeah. then
1: I like kept dying. I was like, this is frustrating. What... And then I was, like, standing at the offering, because you know, when you die, you just go back to there. And I was like, ah, this is, this is showing as something I can utilize my money with and these items. So let's see what happens. So that's Did, where I'm at at the moment.
2: And you found the magic dagger? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because ice and bombs are really useful against them.
1: Yeah, because I've... I wasted one on like I tried to hit him and he like was backing away. So I missed him. I was like, well, there's that. (laughs) I think
2: the beautiful thing about that game, too, is there's no wasting items because like bombs, any of the bombs or the weapon item, the consumable weapons, the more you use them, the more permanent stock you get.
1: I know, which is kind of nice
2: yeah I've used so the like,
1: dynamite like a lot
2: yeah so it's probably like a plus one or a plus two yeah and it's nice that you start with an automatic plus two every time you reload or whatever
1: yeah, yeah it's pretty sweet
2: such a good game
1: yeah I, i've been liking it so far um just finding the nooks and crannies of things and mm-hmm. finding the hidden chests and whatnot else but um no it's i've like i've been liking it so far now that i know that i can upgrade my stuff and the other <laughs> thing i'm trying to figure out is like I, I think i've figured out i did a little bit of reading on the ability cards too so oh, i yeah. found those and i'm like what do these do i have no idea we'll find out later
2: yeah yeah the the ability cards are are very you don't find out what they actually do until much later yeah and even then it's <laughs> ambiguous at best um but yeah the first two i think i was running around with was like there's one that turns all your potions into a different type of potion and then another one that drops hearts um
1: yeah that's what i was um when i I was reading on them and there was one of them that i was like why would anybody want to use that yeah Um, i'd have to look back on it but anyway um no I'm, i'm excited to see if i can once I upgrade my stuff to see how he's much easier it will be to fight the West garden boss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it parts of him, it uh, brings me back to Zelda a little bit with breath of the wild of like, um, features of Ganon. I think yeah. like Ganon is what I'm thinking of, but I can't be sure. But anyway, yeah,
2: with the, the weird machines. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I can, I see what you're saying there.
1: Yeah. There's like pieces of it that remind me of that, but, yeah. yeah, that's what I've been playing though. Tunic and GTA Five, killing stuff, and then uh, being a cute little fox.
0: Sometimes at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: James, what's on your playlist, my guy?
2: Well, I I was actually, I'm kind of disappointed that John's not here because I was really excited to talk to him about some Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Uh, because mm. I saw that he has recently platinumed it. And last weekend, I did the same. So oh. I, yeah, finally drew the curtain on that game. I've completed it. And I've done all there is to really do without just getting into, like, a lot of side quest stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was a blast. I loved it. I'm so happy with it. I I'm glad it's done. It's one of those games that, like, after a certain point of it, it's just kind of like, ah, I, I don't want to, like, it's a lot, I don't know, it, it does overstay its welcome with its length, just due to, like, all of the side quests. Um, while every side quest is quite interesting, I, I did find myself, like, skipping through dialogues to get on to the mission parts of it. You're
1: skipping and- the story?
2: I know. And then I was like, what am I doing this for? I should probably. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I'm not giving these 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 little side quests credit. But sometimes it's like, I don't know, like there's ones there is like it was there. You're doing like these. Um, uh, these groups of like merchants are like building armor. And they're having an armor building contest. So, like, you keep running into these groups, and they're like, oh, I need these pieces for these armor. Can you go hunt down this type of enemy uh, for me? I found some, like, in this field, right? So you go to that specified field, you hunt down the enemies, you grab their parts, you bring them back. They're like, okay, I got another, uh, another one for you. And they each have, like, three to four different, like, little missions. And after a while, it just gets to like, I'm just doing another one of these hunting missions. And I don't know. It, they were kind of lackluster. They're not as exciting as like saving somebody or going to do some cool moment. It's just, we're just going out and hunting these things, which I do on a regular basis. And they wouldn't accept like You can't just give them some of the parts that they're looking for that you have in excess. It has to be, to be from that specific herd. Um, I don't know it's just it kind of like stuff like that was getting old for me but uh this story the actual story was fantastic and I absolutely loved it it's like such a it goes so hard into the B sci-fi movie that it just makes me so happy it it just gets so like it would be like if you watched a film of it it would be so schlocky but the fact that they're just so 100 percent in it just makes it so much better and it's I, I enjoyed it so much and the fact that like they've left it open for the inevitable sequel it's it's gonna be a doozy
1: quick question with yes. the horizon here because you platinumed it
2: yeah
1: are you a trophy whore like john
2: I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a trophy whore. <laughs> I, I like, I like getting platinums in games when I know I can get the platinum. Um, it, it It's one of those things where it's like, I, I play Resident Evils and all the Resident Evils that have come out recently, their platinums are insane. And you have to play them on the hardest difficulty and you have to play the game like through the game like 20 times, uh, building up like this currency. And then like, and I'm like, I don't want to do that that does not sound like a fun time uh i don't like i won't do it if it's difficulty locked under like an insane hard mode i won't do it if it's like if, if it's an accessible trophy that i can do i'll do it um
1: or maybe even one that like you know you would have a good time actually doing or participating in
2: yeah yeah and that's and that's kind of the thing for me is like if the platinums for me are kind of like an excuse to get the most out of the game it's uh it it prolongs uh the gameplay experience for me and that's and that's kind of why i do it um if i didn't like the game i probably wouldn't go for the platinum
1: makes sense that makes sense
2: unless i had like absolutely nothing going on like i did that the cyberpunk 2077 i did the platinum for cyberpunk 2077 but I did it because I just I felt so burned by the game that I wanted to get everything I could out of it and be done with it and never touch it again and never have to worry about it. <laughs> so that's why I got that one. It was like almost like the platinum out of spite. Um. But yeah,
0: it's incredible <laughs> <The> uh, dedication.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so oh, and it was it was hard because like I think that I remember Chrissy being like like are you you all right because like the game would shut down on me like once an hour and i'd be like s- just like livid because i would always be in the middle of something and it's just like leave me just let me play for longer than an hour without just completely crashing uh yeah it was stressful um other than and that
1: bugs getting better with that game i, I heard would, I would i've so, heard because of a lot the updates
2: yeah i heard the the PS4 and uh, Xbox One versions have pretty much been abandoned. Like they're just they've got nothing. They they can't fix them or something like that. But the PS5 and Xbox Series um, are both kind of like running at the PC level. So it's. Well, I may
1: as well just get the fucking thing on PC because I was (sighs) gonna get it on my Xbox, but I was like, I don't know if it would even run well like is there yeah. a point that we've been doing it so probably not yeah i just I, <laughs> I just i can't get an x because it's just hard to get right i mean it just makes sense so i f- fucking i fixed my um xbox one because it took a crap on me and i had to replace the power supply but fix that and now i just i was just gonna play it on that but i don't think i'm going to anymore
2: yeah yeah i don't, I don't know it's, it's unfortunate because I was so looking forward to that game and it just kind of was a mediocre shooter that didn't really, it kind of was like futuristic fallout.
0: Yeah. Uh, I didn't play all the way through um, yeah. 2077 yet, but when I was playing it, I was like, this feels a lot like a fallout game and, um, and then the technical issues popped yeah. up and I have it on PC cause I got it as a gift Oh, nice. And I don't um, I just don't play a ton of PC games like that. I'm much more of a couch person. And so I got pretty excited when the patch dropped. But, um, you know, I have priorities with Alderman. So <laughs> um, it was on sale for five dollars at Best Buy recently. It sold out very quickly. Yeah, I saw so, yeah. that. Um, I it's... almost would have rebought it for the Series X just to. At that price, it's like, yeah. Crazy
2: that's it's funny too because like i i i see it on sales in a lot of places like you see it on steam or gog and uh it's always like i don't know half price or something like that so it's like i feel so bad for it i i feel i feel bad for the developers that had such a hard time with that game um but i haven't been playing cyberpunk i have been playing okay so at work i've been playing and i know i shouldn't be saying that but I've been playing Vampire Survivors and I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's like a $3 Steam game that's taking the world by or the, I don't know, Steam by force. I see so many like positive reviews. You said it's $3 on Steam? Yeah, it's like $3 on Steam. I had no idea. And it's, uh, but you can also play it on like the Itch.io site and Itch.io. Uh, mm-hmm. You can play. Essentially, it's it's the light version of it. I don't I don't think it's got like the full. It's not the full game, but you can still play a lot of it. And it's just the first level, but you can unlock pretty much everything. And I've just been playing that, mm-hmm. and it's stupidly addicting. And it's not it's not a very fancy game. It's not. It's just like this wave game where you you control a character with your like uh your control pad right, and then you move them in various directions while bats and zombies and shit come walking yeah, yeah. forward for you. And then at certain intervals, you'll have a weapon that fires off and you don't have full control over it. But yeah, it's just like you level up your character in various ways. It's vaguely roguelike. So you're like mixing and matching abilities and, and, uh, and then there's like some permanent upgrades that you can get for collecting gold. And it makes you a little bit better as you play through it. And it's, it's stupidly addicting. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, I had no intention of actually playing this game. I was just like, I just want to see what it's about. And I found myself for the last like week, just like playing it nonstop. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a stupidly addicting little game and it's super affordable. So if anybody's interested in a $3 computer game, vampire survivors i do recommend giving that a go
0: Mm. nice yes i have heard it has strong castlevania vibes from a lot of people
2: (laughs) yeah it's not it's not castlevania gameplay but it's undoubtedly castlevania inspired
0: (laughs) nice that's so cool yeah Yeah. and i i didn't realize it was three bucks yeah
2: it's it's dirt cheap i don't know like I, I don't know exactly if it's three bucks here. I'll open up my steam. I'll take a, a quick peek, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's it. It's definitely worth picking up.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, I know we're both playing out ring. Um, I think since I'm further than you, I, I'm pretty reticent to talk too much about the game on the podcast, but I think maybe once both of us. Have- finished it and feel open to spoilers maybe a spoiler cast is in the works because i just feel like i could talk about that game
2: oh 100%. forever
0: because there's so much of it um i um yeah uh do you have any like quick shout outs you make about Elden Ring? just i don't want to you know limit uh, what you say about it necessarily <laughs>
2: No, I well I will say one thing. Uh Angie, you're saying that you're you're not super keen on spiders in games. Elden Ring's I mean, got a horrible, horrible spiders in their I mean, games. I don't
1: like spiders in general. Yeah, uh, neither
2: do I. I have I'm severely uncomfortable with them.
1: In games, I feel more comfortable about attacking them with everything I have. Yeah. And in real life, I will Go to the other side of the room.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. No. The um, the 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 reality of um, of the spiders in Elden Ring are they are fingers. They're just made of fingers.
0: They're literally the giant hand statue spiders.
1: Oh, 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 I just got the chills. Stop it. Like yep.
2: imagine overlapping your fingers, like. So they're like each, your one hand is overlapping the other hand and filling all the crevices. And that's essentially what they are running around at you and climbing on walls and dropping from ceilings. Yeah. It's, it's, I hit an area recently where it is like an abandoned fort because like essentially mages came and just nuked the place and all that remains are like their abominations, their magical abominations. And, uh, yeah I was like I, I'm gonna have to come back to this one <laughs> it's just too it's doing it's not it's not comfortable yeah, yeah. I just picked up uh, vampire survivors off of steam because I feel like I should at least f- I should support it uh and it was three dollars Canadian
0: oh wow okay
2: so it's probably even less for you guys
1: Your vampire survivors
2: yeah 299 oh
1: really yep
0: Interesting. Um, are you all familiar with the, the monster Wallmaster from The Legend of Zelda? Are
2: we? A hundred percent.
0: So there's a number of moments in Elding that made me go like, oh my God, it's just like so many Zelda references. But uh, the hand spiders in the area that James uh, noped out of <laughs> yeah. because of uh, have strong Wallmaster volumes. Wallmaster <laughs> so was there's... joking. They, they, like, beat your ass so bad that they do send you back to the start of the dungeon, so yeah, it is actually a wallmaster.
2: <laughs> that is funny. I always appreciated, like, wallmasters were a terrifying enemy in Legend of Zelda, and I think there's something to be said about that, because it's such a unique idea that you don't actually kill or destroy or hurt the player, but you send them back to the beginning, which is at most a setback a minor setback because you still have your health you still have everything but it's so inconvenient that when you're in the middle of a dungeon crawl um to have one of these things like pop out of the walls coming at you is legitimately terrifying like it creates that suspense and stress uh in that moment without actually threatening the player's character like their life and I think that I always thought that was such a brilliant idea that to implement into a game, plus the fact that they're just giant floating severed hands. Um, but yes, the the Elden Ring spiders definitely. <laughs> full,
0: strong wall master energy. Yeah, um, I Elden Ring is good. So um, with all of that said, I think it might be time to jump into some news. Let's do it. Pause for a jingle. It's the news. It's the news. Wow. Were you ever in, like, a choir or something? Oh, God.
2: I, uh, (laughs) I was in musical productions. And they had to give me special lines in the productions because I couldn't sing. So <laughs> they're like, okay, oh why don't you gosh. talk, sing this instead of trying
0: to like hit it? So you, you're you like the talking heads. Or, um, I guess the talking heads kind of do sing, talk singing. Anyways, um, the first <laughs> news item's a little bit serious and also hits close to home for me. Um, so Activision, uh, I believe on late Thursday, um, announced, uh, we're reading from Thatch over at Kotaku, uh, headline is call of duty maker says it's raising pay for QA, uh, but not unionizers Is the headline. Um, so, um, this kind of took over, uh, Twitter at the end of my work day on Thursday. And, um, you know, uh, there's been a long running, uh, local strike of QA workers at the Raven Studio in Addison, Wisconsin, um, trying to um, get uh, you know better treatment for the QA team out there that had a number of people laid off um, who were temps, uh, and uh, there was kind of a lot of. Let's go a little bit around that, I encourage people to look into some of the reporting on that because I don't have all the facts right in front of me. Um, but um, after kind of a big push from, uh, I think it's a better ABK as Twitter account, which is the one that was pushing for unionization at Activision Blizzard, or at least better conditions for folks. Um, it, they have some sort of uh, improvement in the stuff that's going on with QA. Um, so from the story, Activision Blizzard announced a big win for its part-time developers today as it battles an ongoing union push at one of the big studios behind Call of Duty Warzone. Contract QA staff across the company will be converted to full-time and will see their minimum hourly rate raised to $20. That's a big deal for some of the game's industry's most poorly treated workers. But in a twist, the new raises will not apply to workers currently unionizing. What a... Um, yeah. So that's just the first path. Um, There's a lot more detail over at Kotaku. I encourage people to go read um, Ethan's article. It's not too long, but I just, um, I would like to hear a little bit about uh, your first thoughts on this. Um, Activision statement is basically um, uh, it announced that the decision had nothing to do with those labor efforts. Uh, quote, this conversion of nearly 1,100 QA workers at Activision and Blizzard does not have any relation to the petition pending at Raven's studio. A spokesperson told uh, GameIndustry.biz, um, the Raven situation is limited to Raven. The testers whose contracts weren't extended were welcome then and now to apply for any jobs at the company. Um, and then a spokesperson for the CWA agreed the CWA is as a union. Um, that I think is uh, it's Communication Workers of America um, which is where Raven Studio organized with uh, the union Um, it says make no mistake all credit for Activision Blizzard's latest move to give all temporary contingent QA team members full time employment and raise and a raise um, should go to the workers who have been organizing mobilizing, and speaking out Uh, Secretary Treasurer Stephan said in, in a statement it's especially galling that then that Activision has excluded Raven Software QA workers who have been at the forefront of this effort from these benefits. The company's assertion that the National Labor Relation Act prevents them from including Raven workers is clearly an effort to divide workers and undermine their effort to form a union. Um, sounds like, James, maybe you want to jump in here?
2: Yeah, that was my immediate gut reaction. It's like, okay, we're going to give everyone a raise and, you know, like, um, we're not... like anybody who isn't unionizing gets a raise. Right. And so what it does is immediately has people jumping ship from the unionization boat, um, to like, Hey, I'll get a quick, like bump in paycheck right now, right here. Um, they see an immediate effect. Right. And when you're being paid peanuts to do a a job, that's like poorly, uh, (laughs) Uh, you're, p- you're treated poorly at and uh, that that's very enticing. But the reality is that doesn't stop. Uh, that doesn't give the workers any power. That doesn't give them any. If anything goes wrong, they they still have to go to HR and HR is there to defend the company, not the worker. So the reality of, of it is they're still in a shitty situation. They're just getting paid more. And unfortunately, when you're, making less than $20 an hour. If you're not making a living wage, you're banking on your money, right? Like you're really banking on it. And so you put up with whatever to get the money so you can survive. Um, The fact that they're like, yeah, we'll give everybody a raise except for the people who have been fighting for their rights. They don't get a raise. That's just, that's just, I don't know. That just puts a lot of bad taste in my mouth that, it's good that they're paying their, their, their workers. They're what they should have like a wage that they should have been paying them from the beginning. Good job. Are we giving, (laughs) should we be giving them a a round of applause for that? I don't think so. I think that that's just decent. Like, um, other companies like a Capcom, right? Recently Capcom gave all of their workers in Japan raises, which is just like, Hey, we did really well. Everybody gets raises. And I think that's really nice. Um, that's something that's uh, should be appreciated. Right. But like Activision Blizzard's like, we're just going to give ice cream to the people who weren't um, f- like acting out. And I just think that's, I don't know. It just makes me like feel so bad for that. The, the workers at Raven studio, Raven, Raven sorry, Raven, Raven software. Yeah. It's just like, they're fighting so hard to be treated equally and not be treated like utter garbage and Um, not be sexually harassed and not be uh, taken advantage of and to make a living wage that they can, you know, like start a life based off of and (laughs) to be like, yeah, no, you guys are the problem. And uh, let's give everybody else the bonus. uh, except for you guys, that's just, it just gets me all pissed off.
0: Yeah. um just to cite um uh, crisp over at gamedeveloper.com uh, has the headline Capcom to increase base salary of staff in Japan by 30 percent um, That's pretty big yeah that's a very big in- increase um um that was on April 1st so uh, earlier last week they announced that um Angie but you got any thoughts on this or anything you know anything stand out to you about kind of the dynamics at play here?
1: I mean basically what James was James was saying like they should have already done this in the first place. I'm not going to give you a high five just because you're giving people a decent wage, but they also like people like he said that are trying to get like better, like they should be treated better in their workplace. Like they they do a big job to make these games like playable for people when they get released, right? And trying to track these bugs before they happen. But like if they weren't there, they wouldn't be able to release these fucking games, just saying that much. So they obviously mm-hmm. don't they don't understand that that much, or they just don't fucking care because they don't have a heart. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's fucked up. I'm not going to give them, like, a, an applause. Yay, you're giving people a better wage. I mean, they should have gotten that in the first place. I'm glad they're getting something more, but they should have gotten more beforehand.
2: I think it comes down to, like, we're, we're seeing a lot more of this in small business right now with, like, COVID. Um, basically, everybody is, uh, at least in Canada, a lot of people left their jobs because the, their jobs weren't treating them fairly. They weren't getting paid enough. And then the uh, Canadian government was giving out a CERB, um, uh, essentially a, a, a sum of money for COVID, to basically live uh, be at home and it was like two thousand bucks a month but it's just enough to kind of survive but people are realizing hey guess what that's more than i make when i work so they are leaving their jobs and living off of serb because the reality is the government pays them more to not work than they can ever make working and they're realizing how stupid it is to be at work um because that's why they're at work, right? To survive and they can survive better off the government. And so a lot of these businesses are, are being like, Hey, this isn't fair. Why aren't you working for us? Everybody's lazy. It's like, no, not everybody's not lazy. They want to work, but they want, they want to make money. And if you aren't preventing them from making money, they can't like, they can't do anything. They can't buy a house. They can't afford rent. They're, they're living in tiny little cramped apartments that are vastly overpriced and the reality is if you paid a living wage they would stay with you the places that kept their employees are paying their employees a living wage
1: with inflation i mean you kind of have to compensate for that and if you're not going to well see you later bye yeah that's that's happening here too it's not you know yeah I know a lot of places or people that are just like, you know what, I'm not going to, you're not going to give me the, the wage I deserve. And because of everything happening right now, I'm just going to find your own way because I'm done.
2: And, and that's, I think, the, I know Chris, I know you worked in coffee shops before. I worked in a coffee shop um, that was attached to a grocery store. And mm-hmm. um what had happened is when I had started working at the grocery store, minimum wage was nine dollars and twenty-five. This is Canadian, mind you. Uh, but nine twenty-five was the minimum wage. And I had gotten raises over the five years of working in the grocery store and eventually working in the cafe um, that was a part of that grocery store. So I've been there for about five years and I was making now t- essentially ten fifty. Mm-hmm. And then they changed the minimum wage to 10.25 so everybody who just started working is now making essentially just 25 cents less than me and i didn't get any like compensation like increase and mm-hmm. so i was kind of like hey like why didn't this happen they're like well you're getting paid more than minimum wage i was like yeah but i've been here for 5 years
1: i'm sorry but and yeah and Their logic is not there at like,
2: all. Yeah, and that's why you're getting paid twenty five cents more. And so I, I realized like this is stupid. I literally left, went to a different coffee shop, and was making I think eleven twenty five. So already a dollar like it's only a dollar more than minimum wage, but it was a significant increase. It's a bump from what I from what I was making at that coffee shop. I. Since put my coffee shop days behind me, and I've been working uh, in uh, construction management and uh, health and safety. But it's just one of those things where it's like there's a point in my life where I realized it's like, no, I'm not going to be treated like garbage and paid garbage. Um, and and I, I, I left. And that's you keep your employees by treating them fairly and paying them respectfully. I don't know.
1: Agreed.
0: For sure. The next uh, story we have is another panda bummer story and certainly like a curious one. Um, also from Kotaku, Ian Walker writes Chrono Cross and other classics suddenly expiring on PS3 and Vita. Uh, from the story, digital purchases are mysteriously expiring on classic PlayStation consoles rendering a random assortment of games unplayable. Over the last several days, Play- PlayStation users have reported a strange, decades-old expiration date being applied to their digital games. Upon re-downloading the PS1 Classic version of Chrono Cross, for instance, Twitter user Christopher Foose was told that the purchase expired on December 31st, 1969. Nice. Yeah. Boy, that's- <laughs> Preventing <laughs> him playing the game (laughs) on both PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita. Um, The prequel hasn't even been made. (laughs) Right. Um, The story goes on to to lay out a number of other situations where this was happening um, and then uh, speculates, uh, the only potential explanation I've seen for this issue thus far involves what's known as the Unix Epoch, or the arbitrary date early engineers designated as the beginning of the operating system's lifespan. Some mm-hmm. bug or glitch on Sony's back end may be defaulting PlayStation game license expiration dates to the Unix epoch, essentially telling them that they can't be played after midnight UTC on January 1st, 1970. Um, whatever the case may be, it's affecting ability the user's ability to access games they ostensibly own, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, you know, I... One of the reasons i was excited about the the series x and s is all of the you know back compatibility work that microsoft put into their catalog going into it and kind of that uh forwards and backwards compatibility that they promised and uh i think stories like this for me just like highlight the lack of certainty of ownership when all you own is a digital license to something, um, and how easily that can go wrong in any number of ways. Um, Angie, did, did you have a chance to check out that? Any thoughts on on having digital games randomly just stop working because of a potential bug?
1: Well, <laughs> bugs happen. I, I mean, I, with a developer mind, bugs can happen. It sucks, but you know you try to fix them, and you know things get fixed and then they move on but um that's why i like xbox a lot just because they've been working so hard because there's been so many classic games that people love and want to continue playing and i think they stopped doing updates or doing anything for the system for the 360 as of recent and you know people are sad about it but also the um, xbox one and series x you can back play those games which is nice if I were not be able to play some of those games, I'd be really sad because you know some of those games are it's just like nostalgia, right? And a lot of people like the nostalgia piece for for a lot of people is very much key to being able to like play the. I don't know if I'm gonna show. Like some younger kids' games, I'm gonna show them the new ones, obviously. But I'm like, hey, this was this this game was really fun in my day, and I want to see what your thought is on it. To just be curious to see what they think. I don't know. I it sucks, but I hope they fix it. They're gonna fix it, right? On this uh, this PlayStation Three, because it, it was a bug, right?
0: Well, that's just speculation. They actually don't know why it's happen- happening, but. Um, I would assume my, it's
1: a bug and that's something that
0: they can go in and fix. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know,
1: that's what it seems like anyway,
0: digital archival and and having kind of easily accessible games history is already so tenuous um, and under threat with like, you know, the Nintendo eShop's always closing down on old systems eventually. And, um, you know, I you know there was a long story uh, a couple years ago about the Vita store and the three stores going down eventually um and so it just it feels very at risk to have it be that even when you a license and now you're not able to re-download things um james what about you any thoughts on this
2: i uh, i'm just kind of baffled that there was there's an expiration date in at all on like i i don't understand what if that's required like i understand not being able to uh download after like a the store's servers shut down like um it, that's happened in the past and whatnot but like if you have the game why does it have an expiration date if you've purchased it dib- digitally I, I don't understand why that <laughs> that's a f- feature that is even implemented at all yeah
1: I yeah know- that's why it makes me think it's a glitch
0: yeah. somewhere some um, some games because they have like licensed music, like contractually they're they're licensed to have that music for a certain amount of time, and then their like mm-hmm. deal under the contract to have um, real artist music in their game lapses, and they're no longer able to like keep music in the game. And some so s- things like that kind of uh, make me think. Oh, like you know, sometimes those deadlines are baked into the uh into the the game's digital marketplace version because they don't have the right to sell the game with the music in it anymore but i i struggle with that too Um,
2: (laughs) yeah because it it just comes down to like the the fact that like if you bought physical this wouldn't be a problem if you bought digital it is a problem i get them not being able to sell it to you digitally anymore but the fact is like these people are re-downloading purchases that they've already made and they're not allowed to or not allowed to play them and i just find that just so baffling
0: it's very frustrating it makes me sad too because a lot of those i mean you know, the timing couldn't be worse for their PR too with the Chrono Cross remake having like literally just come out right when <laughs> this is happening. And it's like, yeah. oh, are you trying to force people to buy the remake? And um, yeah. it's really curious because it, it seems like uh, from what people are saying, like the remaster remake of Chrono Cross uh, kind of falls short of even just playing the original PS1 game um, in some ways visually. Um, so it's all, it's all a mess um a couple quick news hits that i thought were cool exciting announcements that happened uh over the last week um the first of which is that remedy and rockstar games are announcing a max pain one and two remake for pc ps5 and series x uh this is by matt kim over at ign shout out to matt kim us gamer forever um you know it's basically uh the headline says what it is um The original Max Payne games were also a result of partnership between Remedy and Rockstar with Remedy Handling Development and Rockstar doing publishing. Um, Rockstar did the development for Max Payne 3. That's from the story. Um, This is uh, the second kind of recent partnership with them with uh, Remedy and uh, Epic collaborating on Alan Wake 2 as well with the same structure of development and uh, publishing split between the two um, are either of you Max Payne heads Max Payne fans
1: I am not
2: unfortunately neither am I I am familiar with the series never played it
1: ditto
0: It is just the most noir vibes. I had a friend in high school who just thought it was hilarious to do bullet time and do like weird slow motion shenanigans in it. Um, For me, it was like one of those games that was like a fun rental to throw around with the slow motion mechanics in, but um, was not a series that like really stood out to me. Um, I've been meaning to check out Max Payne 3. I I downloaded it when I was on PC a while ago um, because I've heard that's uh, quite a good game as well. Um, and does a lot of interesting stuff narratively. but um, with kind of remedy hitting this Renaissance period with how beloved um, control was and you know winning a number of game of the year awards and all that, um, I think them getting the opportunity to kind of gussy up these games that were really like foundational to their success is kind of cool. Um, although I, I'm always one for like, you know, show me a new story, you know, show me like something I haven't seen before. Um, So
2: I think, I think there is something to be said with uh, games, especially like games that don't get a huge audience in their original time around, as well as like the fact that like, Oh, these are old games. We want to make a sequel to them. But the problem is people might not remember the originals or have access to play the originals. So let's make the original, like the fact that they're making it one game with both games in it is just, is nice. You had a one-stop Is, is shop. it
0: one in, is it?
2: I'm pretty sure. Oh. I, that's, I remember reading it somewhere. It was, they're going to merge them together and it's just going to be one game. Um, oh, I don't know if it's yeah. in the article or not, but Beautiful. maybe, maybe I'm talking out my ass, but I, I definitely remember somewhere <laughs> picking that information up uh, probably across Uh, an article on Twitter, but um, it's um, I think just giving any games a facelift so they can be uh, um, played in the modern era is important because I think there's there's a reason we look back on these games with fondness and if we can update them to uh, a more current standard, uh, I think more newer players can get on board with it.
0: I, I respect that too as you know, being able to have that story be accessible to an audience that maybe would have a hard time going back to the older mm-hmm. older game. Um Metacritic's got Xbox and PC at an eighty nine mm. for your original Max Pain.
2: Yeah. I heard I know it's well
0: well reviewed. Yeah. Kind of a one of those beloved staples of the third-person action action genre. Um, Last up, another kind of new game announcement that happened during the Unreal 5 uh, reveal and announcement that Unreal Engine 5 was live and ready for developers to use, like fully out in the open. um, This comes from Michael Beckwith over at metro.co.uk. New Tomb Raider in development with Unreal Engine 5. Days Gone Director joins the team. Uh, Crystal Dynamics has reminded everyone that it's working on a new Tomb Raider, um, which is something that I guess we already knew. Uh, hmm. I guess they announced that at the franchise's 25th anniversary. Uh, and it seems like uh, this announcement was a pretty slim on details as well, but it's cool to know that they're using that super cutting edge tech. Um, I know we had kind of a, a discussion about uh, over on twitter with the twitter poll about our favorite tomb raider games um and I've, I've been a big fan of the tomb raider reboots from crystal dynamics for sure um so i'm excited to, to see crystal dynamics going back to that series uh and i'm excited to see how the visuals look although with they did some like body horror like gore stuff in the tomb raider games in the reboots that like in unreal engine five might be too upsetting for me after having played the matrix demo of, of unreal engine five. Um, did you all check out that demo or how excited are you about a new tomb Raider game?
2: I haven't played the demo. I haven't checked out the demo at all. Uh, I should, I did watch their, uh, the, uh, unreal five, uh, showcase that they did and i was kind of like perusing that while i was at work but honestly everything i've seen coming out of unreal 5 has looked amazing and i can't believe like this is the era of gaming we're moving towards so i think i'm just excited to see anything i've never really i'm not really a tomb raider player i've not i've played a few but i've never it's nothing nothing more than a cursory like kind of Play uh, play around a bit and then be done with it. But I, I I I'd be down to give Tomb Raider a shot, especially if it's as stunning as any of those uh, those games shown during the showcase.
0: Yeah, and, and I know I think you uh, expressed a lot of excitement about Tomb Raider. I know I think in the past we've talked about it on a podcast together. And uh, so, how are you feeling about this?
1: I love Tomb Raider. <clears throat> I love Tomb Raider a lot. I um I played a lot of the games. I haven't played the like the original like I mentioned on um on Twitter with the mostly normal gamers podcast Twitter I mentioned on there. I didn't play the the OG nineteen ninety six version, but um the series that came out where it was like Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I played all of those through once for sure and twice um for the rise of the tomb raider i just love those games a lot and i cannot wait to see what this one is going to come out like and i um what's actually funny because in the in the um article here it mentions you know jeff ross that's the director of, of days gone he is has joined crystal dynamics so like he posted something on Twitter about it. And then he's like, we're hiring, come work with us. And I pulled it up and I was like, what are, what are they hiring for? And I was thinking about applying for one of those. Shoot uh, your shot, Angie. Do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see if, I mean, probably not, but you never know. Put it out there.
2: Yeah. That'd well, cool. I, that's all you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot your shot. That's, that's phenomenal. Any t- time that stuff like that comes up, I always like pro- peruse through it to see if there's anything that i would be able to like contribute to and it's always like i don't know (laughs) i i never i never see the stuff that i'm actually in the field for but yeah it because all all the stuff that i do is like not the fun exciting stuff it's it's like i work in health and safety and coordination so i i do more logistical stuff instead of like I don't know designing or engineering or art, which I is the thing that I've actually gone to school for. You oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't do any of that stuff. No, no. Oh. It's, well, I mean, yeah, it's funny. From what I've read, a lot of the thing, especially like you know art or design is like if you just practice with some of the things that they work with, like you know Unreal Engine, you can download that yourself and play around with it. Um, a lot of the time, if they like what you can do with it, they'll hire you if they feel like you'd be helpful with what they need. Mm-hmm. So that's something. But um, I have a programming and design background, so I'm going to see what I can do with that.
0: Yeah. Rad, super rad. Let's jump into a mostly normal question. Um, and this week's comes straight from our Twitter and Spotify poll. What is the best? horror game ever made
1: <laughs> um, okay, yeah, and i did post this on twitter
0: yeah yeah it was good we got a lot of reception off that one
1: I've, yeah i loved um, it i loved it
0: yeah just like combing through the responses i was getting a lot of resident evil 4 love i was seeing a lot of resident evil 2 remake love and i was seeing a lot of dead space love i mm-hmm. think there were a couple of the games that came up um multiple times you know there's a shout out to fear there's a shout out to um the game doom 3 uh which i thought was an interesting call out um yeah Uh, until dawn's given a shout out in there um any any thoughts and opinions on your end guys what i want to hear what the uh you said i think Looking at your comment, James, uh, you like Siren the most.
2: I, I don't think I like it the most, but I definitely appreciate it the most. I think it does mm. so much for the horror genre and it takes it in such a unique way that I often think of anytime I think of horror, the first two that immediately jump into my mind is Resident Evil and Silent Hills. Those are the, those are the two games that kind of pop up into my brain. Um, I do, game series i should say because mm-hmm. I, growing up i played a shit ton of resident evil and uh i remember getting the first one and then going like and i got it years after like they've all been out so i got into the first one and then i was like oh wow this is really good i see the appeal immediately got the second game beat the second game got the third game beat the third game beat veronica x so like it's just like it, like, it just started i started steamrolling through the the series and uh, when 4 came out, I was right on board with 4. Uh, but then Silent Hill was another one that I would play through that series with a buddy of mine. Every Friday after school, we'd uh, walk down to the video store, rent the Silent Hill ga- game that we're going to beat, uh, go down to Seven Eleven, get some Slurpees and chips, and we'd walk down the highway to his mom's house. And uh, we would uh, play Silent Hill until it's way it's almost the next morning and it's mostly a game of like passing the controller to the other person saying you play now because it was scary. Um, I love that. But uh, yeah, there's something Siren. We were looking at Siren. We never rented it. Years later, I ended up buying it and uh, just playing through it. And I fell in love with it. It was just such a unique take. The enemies are not zombies. They're called Shibito. And which is essentially like they're like being infested with these weird, like insect qualities. So they're getting like weird lay like weight leg like leg-like features. Uh, their heads will sprout insect wings and cause them to fly in the air and stuff like that. But they're kind of hunting for you and you can hear them talking. But you have an ability. All the characters you play as have an ability to hijack their the enemy's sight so you can see what the enemy sees and study their like patterns where they walk and their roots and what they're looking for. So you can kind of like plan your route throughout the levels. And it's such a cool concept that that's how you do it. But it also like, if you're in that vision and you're not, you're it sort of disorients you. So like you, you don't see yourself or where you are, uh, But, like, sometimes you'll be hiding, and you're like, okay, I I ran, I hid in this closet. Am I safe? Check the enemy visions. And the vision is just the enemy charging for the closet that you've just hidden in. And it's like, Mm. oh, my God. And it's just, like, that moment of, like, absolute, like, panic. It's so... It's just so brilliant how it handles that. And then, on top of it, it has this timeline thing where it gets super... Japanese where it's like I don't know it's like each character you play as is like taking place in this timeline and it's not you're not playing necessarily in chronological order so you affect whatever choices you make in the level say um you can affect things in another person's like playthrough of that level it, it's somewhere yeah. else in the timeline so like one of them I had I played through it was super hard But he finds like a cloth and you can choose to put the cloth in the freezer. All it is like put the cloth in the freezer and it's like yes or no. And if you choose to do that and then beat the level, you can replay that area later in the timeline as somebody else. And when he comes through, you can take the cloth out of the freezer and what he does is he'll, like, it's a frozen cloth, so he sets it up on, like, at the counter, um, like, between two, th- two counters, and puts a glass on top of the cloth. And while it's frozen, it supports it, but that gives you enough time to run and, like, get into position. And what happens is, when that cloth, like, thaws out, it smashes on the floor, the glass, and it distracts one of the enemies that is guarding the exit, and allows you to get through otherwise you would have had to like run the risk of like getting his attention in a much more dangerous manner where he is chasing you and you can't beat the level like that. It's just a lot of little tricks like that, that makes it so like, Oh, like how am I going to do this one? And uh, it's, I don't know. I, I appreciate the siren series a lot.
1: Yeah. Because of those little nuances? Oh,
2: yeah, those. it's just... It's it's done something so different. It's not just the same old, same old. Like, the Shibido are essentially zombies, but some of them start to fly, and some of them start to get, like, more insect-like qualities. Uh, but the, uh, at the end of the day, they are just kind of like a zombie enemy. Um, but the fact that uh, you've got the vision hijacking ability that creates, like, that new level of tension and then you've got the puzzles and manipulating the timeline just I don't know it's just it's got a lot of interesting qualities I would love to see that game remade as the original I know they essentially remade it for uh, the uh, PS3 with Siren Blood Curse which is a great game too but it kind of removed the timeline manipulation and just made it like episodic and uh it's still good it's just there's some it just misses that little bit of extra cleverness to
0: it yeah angie what about you all-time favorite or best designed horror game
1: yeah i didn't i haven't like played too much of any horror games really i will just quickly say like the most horror like game it's more like a psychological horror i guess would be just sacrifice which mm. I liked I st- I haven't finished it yet because my Xbox was broken and I fixed it. And I have to just like dive into that. But I um I, I would say that one I think I've liked it so far and I want to play the second one because that one did also come out. So Awesome. Yeah.
0: I also don't play very much horror. Dead Space is probably the only horror game I've ever beaten. Um I think to answer the question honestly, like Resident Evil 4 probably was the most impactful on video game design in the immediate aftermath, um, probably for like a decade or at least close to a decade. Um, I think it just is all over third-person shooters. It's all over horror games. It's all over action games. It it just influences like everything that follows it. Um, If Bloodborne counts as a horror game, I think Bloodborne could be on the list.
2: I think it could count. I think it, it, it defies most of the conventions, but it definitely has horror elements and moments of terror when uh th- with the situations that you're put in. I think that fall- that tracks.
0: I just had like a day where I wanted to play the game because it was so much fun, but like I just felt like I think I described it as like psych damage. Mm-hmm. And it was like the dread just like builds and builds and builds and like there's not really a release for the dread in that game. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's doing something really interesting. I, I put it down when Elden Ring came out, and I don't know if I'll be jumping immediately back into another Souls game as soon as I'm done with the 100-plus-hour uh, one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyways, I, I think Bloodborne deserves a special shout-out if it counts as a horror game. Um, with that, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks for getting together on the weekend to record together, everybody. Um, this has been really fun. Uh, you can find me at VG occasion on Twitter. We've got some, ideas percolating and uh, I'm going to have a little more free time to help make those a reality. So I'm excited about that. Um, James, where can people keep up with you on the internet?
2: Uh, you can follow me on socials, Twitter and Instagram on Instagram. Uh at but lord primus that's b-u-t-t <laughs> lord primus and uh you can hang out with me on mondays and wednesdays when i play games on my stream uh at twitch.tv slash b-l-p entertainment
0: and uh, where can people keep up with you on what? uh at
1: stellar smalls
0: you heard it folks uh, if you want to keep up with the show or contribute to the content, you can please send emails to podcast at mostly Follow us on Twitter at MN gamers podcast. Uh, I would encourage people to sign up for mostly normal monthly as I've got the itch to write again. So that is mngamers.substack.com, which is where you can find the backlog. Uh, Find us on the podcast platform of your choice and please drop a review. Tell a friend about the show. Let's grow this community. Let's get people excited and interested in the show. And uh, while you're at it, if you're on Spotify or on Twitter, jump in on our weekly poll question. Uh, We'll try and incorporate those into the show as some of the mostly normal questions and foster some discussion. And uh, chime in either in our DMs or any of the other ways to get in touch with us and let us know if you'd like to give you a shout out and read your answers to the poll question if you drop it in the comments of the uh, twitter um with that that's going to do it for the show this weekend thanks for joining me everyone go play some games bye bye